Hello. So welcome. Good evening. Welcome really whoever you are, however you are, whatever the combination of factors that makes you, you. Just know you're truly welcome and you can allow yourself to be welcome. I am very, very happy and honored to be here with you and next to Martin for the rest of four or five days. It's always such a joy to see so many people gathering to spend a few days together to cultivate these qualities of presence, kindness and wisdom. It really is quite remarkable that we've all gathered here tonight. I wanted to start also with some gratitude for not only your presence but also the presence of the staff at Gaia House and the work that they do and Andrew here taking care of the online bit of this retreat. So also welcome for those of you who are online. I think this is the camera. <laughs> so we'll be sharing about 50 people here and about 40 people in their homes some practice time together. And I wanted to start by just some very basic reflections on what are we going to do? What is being on retreat? And some of you have done this before and some of you have never done this before. So what is a retreat? I always think that a retreat is an occasion where in a very explicit and collective way everything is an occasion for practice. In a very explicit and shared or collective way everything is an occasion for practice. We do the sitting, we do the walking, but we also chop vegetables or clean, do the dishes, eat. And all that is part of the practice. And the enthusiasm we bring to it every time we enter the hall is part of the practice. And when we think, I don't want to do this anymore, that's part of the practice. And of course, if you have uh, taken a look at the schedule, that looks probably quite different from your regular day-to-day -day lives. Looks quite different from my day-to-day <laughs> -day life as well. So clearly we are doing something different. But more than that, I think we are doing things differently. We are being differently. So a retreat is not just that we do certain things that we wouldn't normally do in our day-to-day -day lives, but that we are differently. The stance that we take, the way we dwell, we reside in the space and on the earth and in our life is different on retreat. And we do this together, so we create a temporal community. And that is quite an important part of it. And by showing up, we are helping ourselves and helping others. So there's a mutual support in a retreat that we are offering each other which is quite a central part and it can go unnoticed because it looks like much of what we do is very individual. We close our eyes, we follow our breath, but we are doing this alongside other people. And I would like to suggest that this space in which we practice, the physical space and the inner space, we can infuse it with five qualities. And these are the qualities of care, generosity, mindfulness and appreciation, silence, 
and clarity of mind. And the first one, care, is quite central. I would say is the hinge around which the path and the practice turn. The quality of care, of being caring and careful. And I hope already you are feeling how a retreat is also a situation where many conditions that you need for your day-to-day -day life have been taken care of. Then people prepare the food for you and others wash the dishes. So there's already a sense in which we are being taken care of here at Gaia House. And I hope that you can feel this and that you can experience this in the days to come. That you are cared for. And can we allow ourselves to soften into that and trust as much as possible? I remember my first retreat. I remember the relief that it was that I didn't even have to know what time it was. I would be completely oblivious to looking at my phone or, or, or watch. I would just follow the bell. And if there's no bell, I would just stay wherever I was. And, and there was a certain calm, simplicity in just following that. Just surrendering to the form, surrendering to the structure. Of course, we may have different needs and uh, there may be the need to adapt. And that, of course, is allowed and encouraged. And as much as possible, just relaxing into the form. Just flowing with it. See what happens. And we also demonstrate this care to one another in doing our job, but also in maybe small details. How we hold the door for someone, how we see a few drops of water on a counter, and we don't wait for someone to come and wipe that, but we wipe it once ourselves. And just in these tiny details, we can actually be expressing care. And in a way, we also express generosity in the way that we don't impose on the space, that we leave space for others. That maybe if we see a plate of biscuits at tea time and there's just one left, you we know, go, maybe I don't need a biscuit. Or maybe I can just take half. Or has everyone had dessert? Can I, can I get seconds? And we're not sure. And then there's that thing in our mind. Well, maybe. There's an occasion there to bring this quality of letting go, of generosity. And we can see then what, what is hindering that generosity. And that's, that's great food for the practice. And this requires mindfulness and appreciation. And I think that's quite an important part of a retreat. That, as I said, many conditions are taken care of, but things may not be precisely to our liking. And, oh, they run out of the tea I like. And if I did this myself, I would have done this differently you know. and there's quite some value I feel just relinquishing those preferences that we think we need and the discourse of lack that so often governs our life and just go can I appreciate what is here what has been provided can I soften and relax into that So this quality of mindful appreciation, I think, is quite important to bring and infuse our practice and our presence with it. And then we come to the fourth, silence. Some of you may be looking forward to this, and some of you may be dreading it. Silence. So often a punishment when we're kids is to stay silent or to be given the silent treatment. Have you noticed how rare it is nowadays 
to enter a shop or a cafe and that there is no background music. That never happens. And when it does, you notice it. You go, What's it? what is it so nice about this coffee shop? They don't have background music. Don't get me wrong, I love music. But we rarely have silence. Again, another opportunity to relax into it. Whatever our hesitations may be about not speaking for five days. Not as a prohibition, but as a chance to deepen in this calm and clarity that we want to cultivate. Some people have questions sometimes about reading and writing. And as with many things, there are no hard and fast rules about this. And our suggestion would be to put aside reading and writing during this retreat. As well as Netflix, but that goes without saying. Reading is perhaps more obvious, but sometimes we think, oh, writing can be really supportive. And of course that can be true. And it is for ourselves to see when is taking a couple of notes about something that happened in meditation uh, supportive and when does it become a distraction? When is it's a form of following discursive activity? So that would be a guidance. Is this in support of my cultivation of presence and clarity and patience and being with things on their own terms? Or is this in support of flying somewhere else? And part of this disconnection and this retreat from the world implies our strong, enthusiastic recommendation to switch off your phones. Some of you may have dependents and, and, and there's people uh, out there that, that require you and that's fine. But as much as possible, as much as it is possible, can we switch off? Because in a way, just switching off your phone nowadays, it does half of the work for you. That's already the retreat for you. Because we spend so many hours on those devices that just switching them off that's half of the work of the retreat done already. And there will be an encouragement to hand in your phones. There will be a basket, I think, here tonight until tomorrow at 9.30, the talk, for you to offer your devices that will be kept at uh, reception until the last day. So this is a strong encouragement from our part. Because these devices hold so many of our patterns of this checking again, checking again. Do I have another email? Does someone need me? Am I interesting? Do I have a like? What is it to put that aside? We can see the inner chatter. We can see the impulse. And when we don't have the device, we can see that more clearly. And we can allow the space for that impulse to pacify, to settle. And all this is in support of clarity of mind. So these qualities that we bring, this care, this generosity, this appreciation, this silence, are there to support the calm and the clarity of mind that we aspire to cultivate together. And the usual things we do on our phones, I think, don't often support clarity of mind. Um, as part of this clarity of mind, we also put aside substances during this retreat. Of course, if you have medications, please continue to take those. But we set aside that which could cloud the mind, 
and cloud the judgment. So these are my opening reflections. Infusing the space of your practice with care, generosity, mindful appreciation, silence, outer and inner, and clarity of mind. So again, a warm welcome to everybody. You've made it. One never knows when one takes British Rail if one will get there. <laughs> I don't live in England anymore, but whenever I take the train and it seems to go well and you think, hmm, we'll get there in time. And then it stops. Mm. Are there leaves on the rail? <laughs> but we got here. All of us got here. So I'm very pleased with that, that we are here. We made it. I also made it. Bernard also made it. So, and each of us is going to arrive in such different circumstances. Like we book this thing long ahead and then we might arrive and we are really well. And we might arrive like Bernard, who is younger than me, <laughs> but he has a cold. It's not COVID, but he has a cold. So we hope he'll be okay. But I am here, the old one. I'll hold the fort. <laughs> So again, you cannot never predict how you're going to arrive, if you're tired, if you have lots of energy. And so in a way, the caring for that, kind of, uh, I, me and the microphone at chaos. <laughs> Let's see if this is better. I often have trouble. with the microphone at Gaia House. It does things that it doesn't do for other people. Okay, we'll see. Because I'm thinking also about the other people on the other side. So, we all arrive together and we all have that intention to practice. And we want to practice, we want to cultivate mindfulness because this uh, retreat is very much about mindfulness. What I would call actually creative awareness, or what I would call caring and careful mindfulness. So that's what we're trying to cultivate together. But we all come with different circumstances. And so some of us, so Soon you will see the schedule, because the schedule was hidden away. But I could see people looking, mm, what <laughs> what's the menu? <laughs> what's the daily menu? So the daily menu is actually to cover the range. On such a retreat, we have really a range. People who have never done a retreat before, and people who have done a little bit, and people who have done a lot. And so in the morning, the meditation will be 30 minutes, and that's much easier. So the one who really likes to sit will say, 30 minutes? Already? But at the end of the 30 minutes, you can continue to sit. You don't have to get up to walk. You're not obliged to. This is just an indication that We'll sit 30 minutes, we'll walk 30 minutes. But during the walking, again, you can go and lie down, you can go and do some Tai Chi, or you can just do walking meditation. Again, it's what suits you. Then in the afternoon, it's going to be a little longer, 45 minutes. And then the long-termer will say, great, finally some real meditation 
45 minutes. And the beginners will be, this is a little long. And then I can see most of you are sitting on the floor. That's fine. Bernard is sitting on the floor. I am sitting on a chair. So if at any given moment you feel that sitting on the floor is too painful, please sit on a chair. And there are many chairs at the back there so you can add some chair here you can even put some chair here and there so do not hesitate and sometimes if necessary not everybody can do it but some people could alternate on the floor on the chair let's see how it all works we are rather a large number what is important in terms of the schedule so you can miss the early morning sitting, if you're too tired, the late evening, though the late evening is really nice. I can guarantee it's a very nice time to meditate. But you can miss it if you're too tired. And then most of the people, most of the time, will do most of the schedule. That's the way I see it. But what is important is to come on time. If you cannot come to the sitting, that's fine, you can rest in your room or go for a walk. But if you come to the sitting, please be on time. This is important. Even for the optional sitting, you're going to look at the schedule and you see, what? Optional sitting, what's that? It's really, really optional. Everything is optional, but this is even more optional. But the timing is not optional. Again, the timing is not optional. If you come to that one, it's before the talk in the evening. For some people who have done their job at other time and they want to sit before the talk, then they can join it. But of course, the people who are going to do the dishes are not going to join it, of course. So it's really just optional. This one is really not obliged at all, but you need to come on time. So they will be, we will be in silence, but it doesn't mean that there will be no noise. Sometimes there is this idea that silence means there is no sound. I mean, you might have noticed already the sound of the radiator. And then you'll hear the sound of the birds, and hopefully there won't be too many sounds of heavy breathing. I hope not. You don't need to breathe heavily, but it happens. And some people might shuffle a little again. We'll talk more about this. So at times, it will be so silent. And some people will feel, ah, beautiful. And at times there'll be a little cough, shuffle, and it will be a different kind of silence. So in a way, the music of the silence of the retreat. But to see that the silence is so that we can be together in a different way. We can just be with each other in a safe way, as human being, just with a very similar intention of wanting to cultivate wisdom and compassion. And in a way, resting in that friendly silence, so you can smile at each other, you're not obliged to. If somebody doesn't smile, don't take it personally. Maybe they were not looking in your direction. So it's a friendly silence. But we try to respect each other. That's what we try to respect the space, respect each other in the silence. Then at 12, we're going to have what we call general discussion. So this will be in the hall 
If you have any questions, then we look at that. Then in the, at 4.45, you will see small group discussion or walking meditation, and this will be organized. So you will have group one with six people, and at the same time, Bernat and myself will do different group because you are 50 people, and so we'll have two groups a day each day. And in this small group, then we can look at, oh, how is it going, and things of that nature. So it will be possibly a little more kind of easy for some people to talk, to share, to ask questions, to make comments. And then there will be some interviews, like 15-minute slot, which we'll put up. And this is more if you have a really something personal of a relatively urgent nature you want to speak to me or Bernat about. And then you just sign up your name and then we'll meet you and talk for 15 minutes. Also knowing we're available anytime and you can always leave a note and we'll find a time to meet you privately if that's what is required. So we're really there for you. So that's the schedule. Also, one thing of being on retreat at Gaia House, and I hope the weather will be okay, is we are in nature. So really to kind of appreciate of not so much forcing myself, oh, this is great, isn't it? No, but more appreciate in terms of being with, taking the time to be with. So what's very important on a retreat, you don't need to think ahead. I mean, if you go for a walk, you need to come back on time <laughs> and not get lost. But you don't need to think ahead. So you can take your time. You can be outside, you can take walks, you can sit on a bench and just be here with no, hopefully, any stress, no responsibility, but just to be here with all the conditions that are here. Also, I am aware that one person in the evening might need a lot of light because their vision is reduced. So that's why I've put quite a lot of light tonight. So if the person could let me know directly or with a note, is the light okay? Do they need more or not? And then we really will try to be careful in terms of light. In the past, I had also a friend who came on retreat with limited vision. And so she needed the corridor to be really lit. She needed the back of the room to be lit so she could see enough to find her seat, etc. So if there is anything with the light to help somebody, then the person can let me know. So, as we said before, as Bernard said, what is very important is the attitude. That whatever we do, and we'll talk more about it, is having this caring and careful attitude, this friendly attitude. And so, in a way, what we're going to do is, as Bernard said, we practice at one level all the time. And that's one of the advantages of mindfulness that although here we will do it formally as a kind of like specific activity on the cushion, sitting, walking, at the same time, mindfulness can be everywhere. We can be mindful all the time, but not as a penance, as we are not a mirror. We are not 
that data collecting. Nowadays, a lot of data collecting. Any data is collected. We are not data collector. And that the aim of the course is that you can collect more data. That's not the idea. The idea is actually to say that mindfulness has many different aspects. And so mindfulness is a way, a way we are with the conditions we find ourselves in. And so you can have a very general mindfulness. You can have also a more precise mindfulness, and you can have different in between. So the idea is not to go around like, I am mindful of everything 100% all the time to the same degree. That's not the idea. The idea is more, how can I be present to what happens to me and what happens to others and also be in touch with the multiplicity of condition. Mindfulness is really in part about complexity. At one level, it's very simple. We are conscious, which means we can be mindful. But one example of not being mindful while being conscious is when somebody talks to you and you think about something totally different. So you look in the right direction, they speak to you, you have ears, you're supposed to be alive, which means you have some consciousness. They speak to you, you think of something totally different, and then they ask you, what do you think? And you have no idea what they said. I mean, you were conscious, the ear were operative, but you were not there. So no, we were trying to be more here, but in a very specific way, more here in a friendly, caring, careful attitude. The attitude is as important as the mindfulness. So what is very important is friendliness. Friendliness is very important. Friendliness to ourselves, friendliness to others. This is really something to, to be careful with, to not use mindfulness as a way to judge yourself or others. I mean, I used to live long ago in a community in Devon, not far from here. And when we had the community meeting, we would accuse each other of not being mindful or compassionate or washing the cups mindfully and so on and so forth. So th that's not the idea. But in a way to take the time, a retreat is a take the time to be mindful. Take the time to be kind. Take the time to be compassionate. Because what is it? that stops those quality is generally busyness and stress. And so that's why here we are not busy and hopefully you are not stressed. And I'm aware some of you are for the first time at Kaya House, some of you are sharing a room, and again, if you need kind of things, the coordinator can give you things for the ears if there is a little difficulty here in the night. But really, can we bring, as Bernard said, as a exercise that actually here, sitting, walking formally is a practice. Then the rest of our activity is putting the practice into action how I share the room, how I queue, how much do I eat, how I work, all these different things. 
immediately we can try it out. And sometime it will be fine. And sometime there'll be reactivity. But reactivity also is interesting. We're not trying to stop reactivity, but what happens when I am reactive? How does it feel when I ruminate? So thought are informations, but we'll talk more about this during the week, because each day we will explore mindfulness of the body of the breath, mindfulness of tonalities, mindfulness of mind, and then the last one, we look at different things, what's called mindfulness of the Dharma. So we will kind of explore when we talk, explore in our sitting and walking, and explore also in the in-between, at our own pace. So that's the plan. And so now we're going to do some meditation. But before that, we can just stand up and stretch a little. So if we can find if we can find a comfortable posture the back is straight but not rigid or tense the shoulders are relaxed We can have the hands in the traditional posture, on the laps, or just in front of us, whatever suits. We can have the eyes closed or half closed, gently gazing in front of us, again, whatever suits. resting our attention maybe on the breath so the breath can be the anchor in the foreground and in the background we have the sounds the thoughts, the sensation, the feelings arising and passing away.
using the breath as an anchor. The boats can move, but doesn't go very far. So we might have thought of this and that. Then gently we come back to the breath. Maybe the sensation we experience of the air coming in the nostril and coming out again. The sounds around us can be like bells of mindfulness 
reminding us to be present. Present to the music of life. Oh, thank you. And if you want to continue to sit a little more, please feel free to do so. Otherwise, please have a good night's sleep and we'll see you tomorrow morning. So the wake up bell is at 6.30. Then at 7, sitting meditation and then breakfast, 7.30. Good night. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.